When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. and welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. If my voice sounds a little bit deeper and sexier and more rugged than before, uh, I was at San Diego Comic-Con and... <laughs> that, that they're not related. <laughs> they're not related to anything, but we are talking about... You came uh, home, man. <laughs> Jaws, Jaws 2 from 1978. Um, you 78? Know, really? I believe so, yeah. Wow. Uh, oh, yeah, it's 78. High bar here. This was easily the best Jaws sequel. And here's the reason why I finally decided to pick this one. I realized the other day that what I like about Jaws 2. What I like about (laughs) 2. There are elements of Jaws 2 that I do think are as good as Jaws 1. But Jaws 2 is the Friday the 13th sequel of this franchise. Correct. It really is shot and operates like... A slasher film. Dude, I wrote that as an exact note that I wrote down. It is full-blown slasher, which we might have talked about in here before, but like actually seeing it, this is my first time watch, actually seeing it take place, I was like, oh my god, like it really is. It's yeah. it's this unstoppable slasher force attacking these kids. That like they literally all do end up in one spot, which is this <laughs> yes, boat, it, that's like, the best part raft. of the, well. Right. It's not I, the best I part actually of the movie, wrote, but it's the most surprisingly it's, yeah. yeah. I I think that this third I I one of my notes says, real talk, I think this movie has a fantastic third act set piece with the kids all on their boats huddled together trying to survive. Like, it is it is a very well-paced suspense thriller horror sequel. It's obviously not yeah. as good or impressive as the first one, but it does hit 
a lot of good beats. It could probably stand to be 20 minutes shorter. Yeah, it's quite a <laughs> but, long. But but all in all, it's not it's not a bad time. Um, so I know Kyle said this was his first watch. I'm assuming it was your first watch, Scott. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely my first watch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not that I don't. There's there's a lot to like here. Oh, no. um, it's just like the pacing's kind of garbage. That's it really is. the problem that I have with it. It's got a mm-hmm. big second act when it doesn't yeah. need to. <laughs> no. No. Um, no, it does. It takes a, it takes a while. I, I but there are like there are there are bits and pieces of it that I that I really like. I mean, I, I think obviously like Roy Schneider coming back looking like James Woods is a choice. He um, really does. He really well, fucking looks like James Woods here. So, so do you know the story of this one? Of Roy Schneider had no interest in doing this movie. Sure. And essentially, understandably only, so, only agreed to do it to get out of his Universal contract. He was like, like he like uh, apparently owed them like two or three movies on his contract, and he was like, "Look, if I do Jaws two, will you wipe my slate clean and let me literally go anywhere else to make movies?" Bless and they were them. like, "Sure." <laughs> like, oh my god, good for them, good but, for everybody involved. Yeah, but, it feels like this was a win-win. But it, you can kind of tell that he's only like mm-hmm. one foot in. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. The the, sh- the schmacting of the the shame that uh, he felt shooting this blue shame fish. Acting? I like <laughs> that yeah. a lot. Yeah. The the of shooting this blue fish. I was like, oh, this like he really is. He's almost like he's not phoning it in. He's overdoing it there. And I'm yeah. like, are you? What are you doing? <laughs> Why are you doing this? Uh, uh, but so, I loved it. I actually like. I loved it. It felt like a more unhinged um, Brody, right? Is yeah. That, well, yeah, it's Brody and Mayor too. Like that Mayor was. Could you imagine being that Mayor and being like, "Oh, here it goes." Well, well, like, that's the, I mean, again. that's the great joke that happens every election. Is like reminder. Three years after the first Jaws movie, he's still mayor, and this is why it's important to vote in your local elections. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> like, Correct. Uh, what a knucklehead. I so there is uh there's about eight minutes of deleted scenes. I sent you guys on the only important one. A lot of it is like delete it for good reason. But one thing I did say, oh I I kinda wish they had kept this deleted scene in when I was combing through the Blu-ray, is right before Chief Brody gets fired, is a meeting with the mayor and all of the uh other people on the council and the mayor is very distraught about the decision but he doesn't have a say in it and it's like i kind of wish that that was still in there because it was like a tiny the the tiniest bit of redemption for the mayor in the sense of like he knows that brody is almost definitely right (laughs) and like doesn't want this to happen um the movie kicks off with a pretty cool opening scene. You've got these two scuba divers. They're swimming around the orca from the first movie, the the sunken ship. Uh, and then they get got. Like, just a couple quick shots of some teeth, a little bit of stock footage. And then we cut to this gala where there is a marching band just slaying a cover of Downtown by Petunia Clark. <laughs> just killing like, and I'm like, killing I, I, you know, that was the first active thought that I had watching this because I just kind of like let the let the first whatever two minutes just you know wash over me pun intended I suppose (laughs) Um, but the first thing I actually thought was so why is this high school marching band playing a 14 year old song Um, and it just kind of 
feels so uncool. It you know, feels like, like I don't like the whole like gal- the song. Like, no, no, but, but the whole just, idea of doing it feels yeah. uncool. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Could you imagine being like, ugh, I'm in marching band like, and like I have to go to this stupid event and play this song that they they song. Yeah, they wanted. They picked the song. They were like, yeah, but like they're like, like it's the kids would be like this song. I was two when this song came out. This song hasn't <laughs> been out long enough for me to be like cool again right no this sucks <laughs> yeah. and like that the the gala looks it looks like it's in the uh, mall right is it i i honestly thought that it was a mall that they were opening up like and i mall. was like man this is shades of the last couple <laughs> but you know when you ch- when you turn amity island into florida um things change um <laughs> watercolor event spaces everything's different in, in and also the, the i love that the the pageant winner what was her title miss something or other it was like miss amity Amity of 77 or whatever yeah and and she was like um so scared to i mean first of all it's super fucking demeaning to have her be in like a a bathing suit to 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 be like the uh the the what the the ribbon cutter and then she goes up and she's like very very shy about cutting the ribbon and i think it's the mayor who's like go ahead you know and and she like does it and then all these balloons and all this bullshit like confetti fall out of the ceiling and she's shocked and amazed by it and all i can think of is that this is over a pool and 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 those poor (laughs) poor fuckers that have to clean the pool before they actually open up this uh hotel exactly well and so that leads to a whole bunch of other stuff because yes the, the main premise in this one is that they don't want any bad press for this pool that they've just opened, which leads to a part in the I thought second... That it was a, I thought that it was like a, 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 a hotel, like a big... Or that's hotel. what I mean, sorry. This hotel that they've opened, they don't want any bad press about it. Um, and it leads to this weird scene in the second act that Kyle made a reference to where Chief Brody's firing a gun into the ocean oh at a bunch of blue fish, and he's trying to convince people to get back into the water when he realizes his, his mistake. But before that... I'm watching it and I'm like, they're nervous that people won't invest in this resort because they have safety precautions. <laughs> they're like, they're what's right. that man doing up there? Like, get him down. <laughs> like, I think that it's just that his wife, who's doing all the schmoozing, is like, oh God, he's probably going to fucking embarrass me again. Yeah. You know, she, she, they had a very tumultuous relationship. But, you know, um, the one it. thing that I did want to mention about, um, about that, that, uh, the spot when he's shooting into the ocean, which is fucking not going to work. I, I just anybody that wants to kill a fish, you're probably not going to do it with cyanide coated bullets um, <laughs> shot into the ocean. It's into the just, ocean, yeah, into the fucking ocean. <laughs> yeah, like nah. I don't <laughs> from a pretty far distance. He's yeah, an I mean, he's really has a lot of people. Yeah, he's yeah. Had, he's got a lot of faith. In his ability to hit that shark from that distance. Like, with cyanide fish, bullets. Like, those bluefish <laughs> aren't even near the people at that point. Those bluefish do not want to go near the people. No. So, in theory, this if the shark's there, it's not anywhere close. It's just crazy to me. It's, he did probably take out one or two Which, bluefish, this whole so. movie, it's, it's all those people's fault. The shark yeah. didn't come to the beach. They went out. Like, yes. it's their fault. Listen, don't get me There's wrong no on protective. this. I am, I am Mr. That is their home, and I <laughs> and I respect it yes. and will not invite myself into it. Right. Uh, Fuck that. No, it's it's an interest. So, so we have this really cool scene, again, hitting the beats of a slasher movie, right? You get that mm-hmm. first kill right out the gate. 
set the tone. And then there's like the 20 minutes of fake out stuff where it's like all the teens were introduced to all of the teens so from the third teens. act on this dock. And there's like the one kid is what is it called like parasailing or whatever where he's like he keeps dropping into the water and then they speed up. The oh, boat I thought that was up. hilarious actually. Yeah, like, I, but they're I don't... faking you out with it. You're like, yeah. ooh, ooh, is he gonna get it? And like, is no, he he's not. Butt cheek chewed off like ah. a ghoulie. Um, <laughs> ooh, there's even how I would react. Ooh. There's even a little bit of credit that must be given because it's a '70s movie for uh, one dude correcting another dude for a sexist comment on the. Do- I did oh, appreciate man. that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he goes, man. He goes one for the good guys. Yeah, he goes. Could you? Do you have to be like that? And I'm like, look at him. Good work, right there. <laughs> Does he get eaten though? I can't remember who gets eaten. I know there's the uh, one. I think it's just the one dude, fucking, Eddie. Right? <laughs> yeah, that, that uh, guy is like just such a horn dog, and and so that really does kind of mirror like a slasher because he's yeah. You know, he and mm-hmm. his girlfriend probably should have both gotten eaten. Yeah, him and they Tina, man. In theory, uh, a shark tooth joy. through one person and then into Tina. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> like it's yeah. Finn, like it's yeah. dorsal oh, Finn. It's just Finn. Go- <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> oh, we we should not put this out into the world because that dude that does all the Sharknado movies is gonna be like. Why don't? Really? Why didn't we do that in this movie? Yeah. In any why of did our we stop at yet? ten? We got to yeah. do one more. Um, and have it literally <laughs> unicorn kill people. We get this water skier boat driver moment that I think is masterfully done as well. The shark is following the water skier, knocks mm. her out, and then there's silence at the water. The person driving the boat's like, "What happened?" And then, boof! Shark just f- straight into the Get side out. of the boat. And as she's stumbling to try to kill this shark, she accidentally blows herself up uh, and terribly that, burns the shark. But yeah, but like think about like how bombastic that is. Oh, this is why we had to pick it for this episode. That scene alone is why it becomes <laughs> horror movie night fodder, where the first yeah. film fails. Well, <laughs> like, the thing about yeah. that in particular is that I I felt I those those were the kills that I felt bad for those people. You know, like yeah. They're just, in, it's like the old woman said. She was like, one minute they were having the time of their lives, the next minute they were gone. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, time. But man, we get so much out of, we get so much out of that moment, right? Like we get that explosion. We get Chief Brody finding the charred up corpse. Like, oh, oh, that was such a, that was an actual, an actual jump scare that has, that got me. And I was like, I'll, I'll accept well that. That was a, like one of the best jump scares of my entire adult life. Yeah, him, because him I'm not, flipping one, over I'm not that piece of wood. It. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why I wasn't expecting a corpse, uh, yeah. but you know, two. No, I got Carly and I too. It was I, I literally just thought that it was going to be like the other half of of the girl's um, uh, ski, and then for him to be like, I knew it, because yeah. I don't think that they found any. They they didn't find any or anybody anybody. Yeah, at the wreckage, and so I thought there was yeah. going to be like just a clue, not like bits and pieces, a whole body, yeah, yeah. a Great. whole fucking body. And then uh, later on in the movie, there's the scuba divers. They're going down there to try to find some stuff. They're looking for, I think, both the missing scuba divers and the the corpses of the skier. And that's when we finally get the reveal of the now burnt up on the side of the face. 
shark and i'm like god damn did they make that thing look good yeah. like it looks yeah. so it, gnarly could you imagine i mean after you hear all the stories of the first fucking shark being like just a nightmare to work with and then this one it apparently is flawless and looks great and <laughs> it's the is only time jaws looks it's, good it's yeah. salt water in the wound for these guys it's yeah. gotta be really a huge bummer for that jaws one crew they're just sailing sailing away we we reference him already, but my favorite part of the movie, the best kill in the movie, as far as I'm concerned, is Eddie, the teenage boy, trying to get laid on his boat. Shark hits him, hits the boat. He falls off, and as he's swimming, the shark just grabs him and fucking slams him into the side of his boat, like in full force. It makes no logistical Dude, the shark, sense. The shark's anti-capital. The shark's yeah. anti-capitalist. Fuck all these yeah. rich people. Yeah, <laughs> like, this definitely. Is terrible. The sailing is rich people shit, and I hate it. <laughs> I, I do. I do. I, I, like, Sorry, you know everybody. The meme that's like, I should buy a boat. It's it's not a it's not a speedboat. It's not like a a, a fishing boat. It's Mm-mm. literally like, unless you're a multimillionaire, probably you don't have like a mini yacht or anything like that. No. But you have a sailing boat if you you know are a, a, a very you know well to do white dude with the uh with who's probably a lawyer you yeah, know and so sure. sailing real, yeah, real estate so, you know you did yeah, good probably on real estate, estate now yeah. yeah yeah i did <laughs> go sailing one time as a child um and i got to like you know uh do a significant amount of like the work but it was just yeah. on, it was on like lake erie it wasn't it wasn't like in the, the, the open sea, ocean you know? yeah and it was only for like an hour <laughs> um and and um i hated it yeah, I really I just, hate sailing. I don't. Here's There's the thing. Much... I don't like anything tied to the ocean. I don't like sailing. I don't like going to the beach and walking in the sand and getting fucking sand all over the place. Like, there's no appeal. Calm down, Anakin. Like, I don't <laughs> like any of it. Like, it's always like, ooh, would you rather have a beach house or a mountain house? I'm like, fucking mountain house. That's not even up for. Oh debate. yeah, a mountain yeah, house like... also is never going to you know have a hurricane. But yeah, I, so I like like inlet beaches you know where it's very calm and i mean i don't mind a, a smaller lake like a you know mm-hmm. like the finger lakes in in new york state yeah. those those yeah. are fantastic and some of those are incredibly like creepily deep because they're glacial cut um from the earth and so um the one that megan and i went on um last summer was it, you know they have like a a depth monitor yeah. On the when you rent a boat, and we rented a pontoon this year, or last year rather. The the time before we we went, we rented a speedboat. Megan was like, "Faster, faster!" Yeah, I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna shit my pants." Because I, <laughs> I, you know, fifty miles an hour on the water on is the water insane. is horrifying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you feel every mile per hour in your face, and yeah. it's <laughs> very scary. Yes. So anyway, we we used that. We got a pontoon on for on purpose last year for the second time around, and we're on this different lake, and it goes like the depth um counter goes from you know 15 feet to 38 feet to 120 feet to like 2000 feet and i'm like what just happened happened? because like it's almost a completely vertical drop in the middle of that lake and and what fucking lives in there man exactly well that's next year's pick the crater lake monster um no (laughs) Um, but anyway megan loves to swim she loves to get into any body of water um i i jumped in and immediately jumped out of that lake last summer because 
I have never given myself like a complex about getting my feet nibbled on by a like a that's my thing lovecraftian monster i can i end. can go into a pool mm. and maybe if i was in like say the bahamas where it's like crystal clear water that you can see the bottom of i'd be like all right sure but yeah i the second <laughs> i can't see what's below the water the i'm just like can't do it can't do well, it I was gonna say Uh-oh. that. Oh, oh! I'm oh. sorry. I just remembered. I have Lake Erie Monster IPA yes! from Great Lakes as yes! my beer. That's I, amazing. I, I didn't even I, mean to bring that around into the conversation. Incredible. I'm waiting for the day that you both have the same drink, though. But Kyle, I, what I, drink do you have? I would love. I would love for that to happen one day. It, uh, it might happen next. Actually, it's not gonna happen next week. It's I, not gonna happen going next to. week because I. W- no. I've actually tried actively to not. Maybe, though, we can do the mind meld thing and make something happen this Just fall. stare at each other for 30 minutes on StreamYard and see if we can <laughs> make it happen. Um, I I got Montauk Watermelon Session Ale. So that's uh, I I got it confused with Narragansett. I was going to be like any New Englander, and then I realized <laughs> I got, got it confused with Narragansett, and Montauk is Long Island. But it all uh, plays Is Narragansett um, in? Narr- um, Narragansett is, or I'm sorry, Nantucket. Nantucket. Nantucket was yeah. Narragansett's Rhode Island. Nantucket is uh, Massachusetts area. I think I might be so, lying. Wait, wh- where to was faces? Where where was Matt will know this. Where was the first Jaws filmed? Uh, so if I hear the name, I'll distinctly remember it. It's they shot in Martha's Vineyard. Martha's Vineyard. Oh, okay, that that's makes what sense. It was. Um, and then where's this they, one? That's where they yeah. do the special screening. Uh, they did oh, like the forty okay, year yeah. anniversary screening where you could watch it. In the lake in the where they yeah, shot the movie the in an yeah. inner tube, and I was Megan, like, I would Megan die. does not love horror movies, but she would have loved to do that. I was gonna say, if you guys, if you like calm beaches, you have to come visit up here because we are our coastline is separated by Long Island, so it actually breaks <sighs> up. Like, I mean, here's the thing: the the only problem with that is that it does get like seaweed e right. And, oh yeah, like, the beaches are a little bit rocky, but. All in all, like the the sound breaks up the waves, so it's just like mm-hmm. very chill, very just like sit yeah. here. I mean, look you at live the... on the water, and I didn't yeah. hear it for one yeah. second. No, you can't. Yeah. Calm. Okay, it's Matt. Crazy. Next summer we're gonna do what? We'll something do some special convention and we're up ju- there. We're li- no, we're yeah. just gonna go to his house. Just come okay, hang for free. Yeah, we can come do hang. the do the live stream up here. Uh, yeah, we'll yeah. yeah. Do the live stream at Kyle's. The reason I asked about where Jaws one was filmed is because I wanted to know where Jaws two was filmed. Florida. That was in Florida? Okay. It was in Florida. It was, I forget where in Florida, but it was in Florida because I looked it up because there's this, like, there's a few wide shots where the water is so blue. Yeah. I was like, there's no way. There's no way. But some of the beaches look very, like, the beaches, the beaches, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, and like, they've, they've, they did a lot to make it work. But there is just a lot of, I mean, there's just a lot. I didn't of see blue, a single palm Fort, tree. Fort so. Walton yeah, Beach true. in Florida. Yeah. Um, yeah. Here's here's something that's interesting. I don't know where technically in Florida that is, but it doesn't, I don't know if it's Gulf we or can ask Atlantic. Brian. He'll probably. Yeah. Brian. So, so part of the thing that's kind of random about this uh, is like 78, I don't want to say that's early for them it doing is. sequels like this, but it's, it is. it's they're not it used is. to it because apparently the original pitch for a Jaws sequel was that it was going to be a prequel based around Quint's USS Annapolis story 
that he tells on the boat, and they're like, well, what uh, if we just make a movie about that and call it oh. Jaws 2? Call Baby Jaws 2. Okay, <laughs> nope, you're done. You're tapped out. That's the parent on the show. <laughs> nah, that is good. Can we talk about my favorite character in the movie, this fucking theater nerd who damages his own boat by being too busy doing some pirate monologue? The dude from Christine. <laughs> Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, amazing, amazing. He's I was so like, good. I know he's from another HMN movie that we watched recently, but I just yeah. didn't go and look at the IMDb at all, which was so strange because I typically like you're live like on fuck it. him. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's in these. I love that they credited all these kids as featured players. Like I was like, what is this? It's very. It's so. I, can, I really can't believe that it's seventy eight. It does read. It does have you know so many slasher tropes. Yeah, that I am so surprised that it's that early. Like I thought it was. 82 you know like it looks I, like 1980 to me and that would make sense because that would yeah. have been they would have had a fast turnaround from the screenplay to the to the filming to blah 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 um yeah. but it being 78 really does kind of throw a, a uh, wrench in the gears because yeah. you think about it halloween didn't come out until 78 no it just was something in the air it just no like I well don't so think this is what i think is that 74 was black christmas and then we start to get that like you know stalking women kind of thing and that's what the nucleus of this is and i really think that 78 kind of was like the 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 when when we got that that fission you know like that almost like common language like common language almost like developed in 78 to then build upon i Uh, i want to bring things real quick back to our dude from christine because interesting thing that i just realized i was like i need to know the dude's name it's keith gordon keith gordon the next year after this movie played young Roy Schneider in what? All That Jazz. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's Very crazy. Cool. Yeah, they That's both, really cool. And it's like, I guess I can kind of see how he has that slender face where it'd be like, yeah, we can make this guy look like the teenage work. version of Roy Schneider. Kyle, I have a question specifically for you. Although Scott may have seen this in his lifetime but you and i have talked at length about how often we watched the uh american pie 2 dvd yeah which at that point in time we'll say it was 2001 for about two years anytime you bought a universal dvd it started with a montage advertisement of universal titles that you could not skip that 1,000% contained this burn-up shark face jumping at the camera, yes, it is it? Yes, it did. <laughs> yes, it did. Yep, it did. It did. It was the most action-y. They're like, yes, we have Jaws, but Jaws 1 isn't really that exciting. So uh, they, they didn't say that. They didn't say that. <laughs> no, no. But a burned-up Jaws is much more exciting. Jumping I, right at the paired, camera with I the forget, mouth open. Yeah. They, you know, they paired it with another explosion, with another, th- you know, like, it just worked so well. Um, a, but you're absolutely burned, right. There it's was... burned into my brain that it shows oh, up. It's burned into the Jaws brain, too. It's burned into the shark, too. Yeah. So the thing is, is that, so for the listeners that don't know this, I'm, I, like, once we build our schedule for, you know, like, three, five months, however long it is, that we, you know, like, have at least a bunch of stuff planned out, um, I will go out and I'll get images um, for our social media spots. So, um... I'll always get a poster and at least two pictures, screenshots from the movie. Um, 
and it becomes more difficult when you haven't seen the movie. Now, this is the perfect example of me not realizing what I was getting into because I Googled Jaws 2 photos, and there are these photos of a shark blowing up, and I'm like, that can't be from Jaws 2. It's from Jaws 2. I just, you know, like, (laughs) it seemed so over the top. I had the hardest time going back. Like, in, in retrospect, I probably should have you know known that it was going to be so over the top because you picked it but damn i went with really tame pictures this time because i was like these can't be from this movie yeah they have to be from mm-hmm. like Dude, cruel jaws or something the the shark kill in this movie is out of the four jaws movies in my opinion the best way that they've taken out this shark because it is insane it's like, insane he, it's he's insane. just Fully on fire. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you see fire coming out of one eye socket at a point, which is just, it's it's so such a slasher kill too. Like that's how you kill the bad guy. You burn. Exactly. It's a fucking amazing ending. I mean, I'm not sure if either one of you were able to ride the Jaws ride in Universal, but that's how they chose to kill the shark at the end of the Universal ride as well, is that you set it on fire with an electrical cord that the, that the skipper that's, piloting your boat pulls out of the water and then you get the burnt up jaws face coming at like they really tied jaws one and two into that single ride because they were both of equal importance like jaws is a very important movie for a ton of reasons jaws two though credit must be given to arguably one of the most iconic taglines in film history just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water. Right. Like true. the amount yeah. of times Holy that, that- shit, I thought that was from Jaws. No, I did not Jaws realize too. it was a sequel tag. Yeah. <laughs> uh, see, now, listeners, I'm not a, uh, an absolute horror idiot. I've been doing yeah. this show for a very long time. You knew it was um, Jaws something. Yeah, Yeah, but the, the reason why I have such a blind spot when we do these movies is because I, I mean, of all the giant monster movies, I think I had seen three in my entire life before Matt and I started doing horror movie nights. So, <laughs> well, I, Scott, I, never... I got some great news for you. Shudder emailed me the other day to see if I wanted to have a screener of sl- the shark exploitation documentary. That Steven Scarlatta! Yeah, yeah. Yes. And I, I, was watching, yes, right? I wanted to watch it before <laughs> this, and I'm so mad that I didn't. So I'm um, interested to hear if anybody did. It probably was going to be like three or four hours, though, right? Probably. I mean, a... Well, no, I think concise on is that it a one, normal right? amount no of, this of is a normal one this is from the, the producer of uh jodorowsky's dune mm-hmm. okay uh, he went on to direct this um and he's a he's a good sport who would not do a four-hour documentary though he could talk <laughs> at length he could talk at length about shark movies he's a fucking brilliant dude but uh, the documentary is well, the proper Spielberg bless him for yeah. being not so full of himself as to do a yeah. four-hour documentary yeah. yeah um and the only other thing that we need to talk about to wrap up Jaws 2 is uh, probably one of the more iconic moments in the movie. Uh, so iconic that it's attacking Kyle as we speak. Uh, <laughs> the shark taking down the helicopter. And what I love about this scene is that it it's a great script writing trick of like, we've got these kids huddled around on these ships. Here's their fake salvation, right? Mm-hmm. Here's the helicopter that's coming to save them. And I love that not only is it a false salvation for them? It actually fucks them up even more because as the helicopter gets pulled underwater, the blades break off as they hit the water and destroy all of their sails. So now they can't even hope for a gust of wind to maybe get them to land. They are 
fully trapped in the spot How where they would are. would it have been if they would have <laughs> like leaned into that with the, I mean, cause I know that you, you sent us the, 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 the extended version of that, that they had to cut so they could be PG. But um, if they went for the hard R rating on this, you got that. And then we could have the kids get like partially mangled by pieces yeah. of helicopter. That would have been the '80s version of this movie. One, dude, that's what I was waiting percent. for. Like, and the what mutilator. You <laughs> it's like yeah, the mutilator, no, no, no. Jaws I, the mutilator. You have to remember because I sent it to you, and I was like, I hope they understand. Like the '70s specifically, like the MPAA ratings were like, will this absolutely traumatize a child? If so, it probably needs to be an R rating. So I can understand why a man trapped in an un- upside down helicopter screaming for his dear life. As the oh, shark smashes I, against it. It's I'm forty like, ish, yeah. <laughs> forty one ish, and and that is an incredibly. Uh, it, it's one of those scenes where you just hold your breath and not. Yeah. They, I I have a thing like when when there are underwater scenes in a movie. My entire life, I cannot help it but hold my breath because I'm well, uh, my little lizard brain is like, don't drown. Well, <laughs> no. So I do something similar. My lizard brain is any time that people are driving in a scene. I am bracing myself for a, a car crash. crash, no matter Especially what. Especially when they like <laughs> stare too long. When they do yeah, that profile. The other... When they do that profile <laughs> oh. look, they're like, <laughs> and you're like, oh, you're gonna hit a cross street at any moment. And sometimes I'm right, yeah. and sometimes I'm wrong, but my body yeah. still tenses up every yeah. single time. I wonder what the. I wonder what the first. I, I obviously I'm not sure if we could actually pinpoint it, but I wonder what the first one that we have seen in our lives was. Oh man, God. I actually think up. that crap, like the movie Crash, not Cronenberg's, the other one, yeah. uh, was probably the first one that did it to me. I think they did it like really, really the, effectively. And it's the, the one, fuck out of me. the one that truly caught me off guard and fucked me up was Adaptation. Um, oh, adaptations, is, yeah, adaptations yeah, because it's literally good. like them just telling you a story and someone's backing out of their driveway and just gets fucking smashed by a speeding yeah. pickup truck yeah. instantaneously and it's so unexpected. What's up everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! All right, well, I think that that's Joel's too, so, I mean, we can just wrap up the episode. No, nope, we can't. I think. We got, oh, got oh, another no. thing to go over. We need to go oh, over double features, Lord. Matt. I know you're so forgetful. It's okay. Why don't you, if you remember, why don't you tell us your double feature? It's kind of an obvious one, but Last Shark. I mean, the helicopter scene in Last Shark is yeah. definitely better than the helicopter scene in this oh, one. But yeah. 
But so he, Last Shark is so good. It's oh, so I, good. Yeah, so here's my question for you, as someone who probably saw Jaws 2 before Last Shark, right? Yes. So, I saw Last Shark before Jaws 2, as everyone knows. And I love Last Shark. It's my favorite giant monster, giant animal movie, probably. Um, and I love that scene. Now, do you think that that scene is more over the top or less over the top for someone who has not seen the Jaws 2 helicopter scene? I think it's I think it's probably more over the top. Like we have to also focus on the fact that the shark physically pulling a helicopter underwater is probably the most unrealistic yeah. thing that this movie tries to sell us on like no that 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 helicopter would just keep going and eventually the teeth would like tear yeah. on the cushion. It's yeah, biting yeah. into a cushion. It's a, it's a float. <laughs> also, a don't shark's teeth just like pop out easily? Pop out all just... the time. Oh my God. That's why they have all those necklaces on the beaches. <laughs> That's why they have those. Yeah, They're really yeah, easy to come by. I, Carly, I, Carly looks over to me when that helicopter thing was going and she goes, as a shark, that's agitating to me. <laughs> like yeah, that helicopter is really close. I actually, think that Jaws 2 is more absurd in in what it's trying to sell us because the last shark leans so hard into it that it's like cartoonishly absurd but Jaws sure, 2 wants yeah. us to buy it um but Jaws uh, last shark is definitely may more way more over the top and weird um how about you guys? What what would you double feature this? Kyle, bad boy why don't with? you go ahead? I, I this is such a cop out. Uh, but I was actually just going to say the shark exploitation documentary, even though I haven't seen it. I just <laughs> as this movie being the um, sort of like this, what feels like the true crossover of like the horror genre and like Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, it's like not only did Jaws set in motion these exploitation movies, but Jaws two really must have. Yeah. So um. I, uh, it's a little bit of promo for Steven, but it's also, uh, I think it's going to be a really cool doc. And I, like, it makes me like shark movies between this and like cruel jaws and last shark. And even some of the later ones that, I mean, Carly and I watched Ouija shark the other day and just, oh my like, God, you know, like there's just shit that I don't know. Sharks are weird. I don't f- care for them really all that much. Yeah. I don't love shark movies, but I just can't believe that there is like a true subgenre that is like, well, movies, yeah, like, so. and when you think of like giant animal movies, you think sharks. You, think you sh- do, so, or you crocodiles. Do. So this but, was, you know, yeah. or alligators rather. I mean, I mean you know, reptiles. So, so something. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're right, Kyle. That this is really what set off shark exploitation. Um, a, it was a massive success, right? Made on a twenty million dollar budget and brought in two hundred and eight million dollars. Wow! But, Holy uh, shit! It was actually the, the following year. Rocky 2 beat this, but it was the highest grossing sequel in history at the time wow. of its release. Then the next year Rocky 2 came out. But Yeah, sure. Like But I mean, think about it. I mean, those are uh those are real heavy hitters. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, look at that. <laughs> He's got jokes. Scott, what He's do you got? He's got jokes. Yeah, what would your double feature be? Just gonna go with Creep Show 2, specifically the raft. <laughs> oh, nice. It's also nice. It, it evens out the runtime of the, the two of them because one is 30 <laughs> minutes long and one is two hours. It's long. like you watched a it's already like you watched a double feature. Yeah. Your yeah. your perfect double feature. Yeah, pretty much. That's great. <laughs> All right. Man. All right. So, so then we're about... definitely done, right? There's nothing else? You know, th- <laughs> this bit is ridiculous. We know that I Kyle and I need to get you to the next spot. So just let I and I never I never pull my weight in this moment. Uh, <laughs> um, so Matt, what do you want to um, 
promote this week? Um, I'm pretty sure I already talked about the uh, the traders last on last week's episode, the reality show that I watched on. Uh, I want to say it was Peacock. That is literally just the game of mafia. Uh, yes. Played with reality show stars. Okay, cool. Well, then in that case, I'm going to talk about one of the four books that I read during Damn. my California trip this week. Uh, the book that I read throughout my entire flight to California, Lose You to Find Me by Eric J. Brown, former guest yes. of the podcast. It's hard for me to explain this book unbiasedly uh, because Eric is writing about our high school job and... I recognize every character, like every single character. I'm like, I remember that boss. I remember that coworker. Like he is, he's very much pulling from like our own experiences. So there is uh, a, probably a thicker level of rose tinted nostalgia for me than most other readers. But where I think that all that's left in the world is such a good book. I legitimately think that this is a masterpiece. Um, it's so well-crafted. Like you, he described it as Empire Records in a retirement home, and that's exactly what it is. Like, you're just hanging out with these these fun teenagers, and every chapter's just like a little snapshot vignette of, like, a day in the retirement home with, like, one romantic subplot tying it all together. But by the time you get to what is essentially the third act of the book, all of those vignettes suddenly matter, and they do come back to the bigger picture it's so masterfully written and and put together in that way uh and it's a story about a kid who uh when he was very young made a friend at summer camp and that was how he realized that he was gay was the friend that he made in summer camp um and then the kid from summer camp went home one week and then just never came back and he's never heard of him or thought of him since and now it's his senior year of high school. He's getting ready for college. And uh, he's asked to train a new kid at work. And it's the kid from summer camp. And the kid from summer camp doesn't remember him. And it's him uh, grappling with that. Like, how could this person, who is so important in my life story, not even remember who I am? Mm. Uh, and it really starts to, to fuck with his plan for the future. Uh, and that's kind of the theme of the whole show is like, or the whole book is like characters in high school planning out their future and then realizing that like 18 is way too damn young to try to figure out what your future actually is. Uh, so it's just so well done. I read two different YA novels during this trip, both of them great. And I was trying to explain it to somebody and I was like, dude, YA romance novels fall into the same bucket for me as like a 90s teen flick a Hallmark Christmas movie or a yeah. slasher film. Like they have a formula in like 10 minutes, you know exactly how it's going to end. And then you're just enjoying the ride to get to that foregone conclusion with like no pressure, no stress. <laughs> you're just like this. It's going to hit these beats. These friends are going to stop being friends for like 20 pages. And then they're going to become friends again. And like the person who you thought they were going to end up with, they're not going to end up with, but like the other person who was kind of there is who they like, you just always you it it fits a very specific formula. The formula works, and I will happily read like fifty books that have that same formula. They are perfect for flights or like mm -hmm. train. Like if you're like just going to have to kill five hours, I cannot recommend a YA novel enough. And uh, lose you to find me is the perfect one. 
I love it. Kyle, hit us up. Well, so to build upon that, um, I watched the summer, the first season of The Summer I Turned Pretty. Oh, yeah. Um, Megan's been watching and, that. Yeah. And so I, we all know, let's listen to the crowd say it, he's bad at TV. <laughs> so I don't know how um, how far <laughs> I'll get um, uh, in, in this. But man, like, so while there is a formula for YA, and I don't actually wouldn't necessarily call The Summer I Turned Pretty young adult, though. Like, I really do think it bridges the gap because yeah. there's this whole storyline about the mothers of the children that are going, like, that are there, too. That So it's very, like, um, it's very emotion porn-y. Like, it's not yeah. as, like, heavy. Yeah. It's not as hardcore as parenthood. Um, but it's also, like, it, it has a whole span of emotions uh, f- just revolving around these kids. And I love stuff like that, too, because it does take a common narrative or a pattern or something that you can see in the young adult stuff. And then build upon it into a world so that you can actually have one foot in and one foot out. You know, like you can actually be like, um, like really a lot more almost reality based. Like it's not just the pattern, but you can find comfort in being able to fall back upon characters that you know or setups that you can like in like find yourself in. And I've just been, I was just like really enjoying it. Um, it was what I was watching between these two short film productions. Uh, and we had some friends from Texas visiting and it was just like, uh, and they, they also have a, a, a young kid, 18 months. So like once the kids were in bed, we would just sit down and watch a couple episodes. It was, it was really nice um, to, to just sort of like, watch that jenny han's got something going on dude jenny han's got it going on which <laughs> yeah. has probably been said in, in many an article but uh, i like it all right scott how about you take us home all right so um i decided that since this is um pretty late in the summer when this is coming out um i want to give a quick recap on a couple great um summer records that i yeah you know that, that i that i came across this this summer um i have uh just two um well three uh one is an honorable mention i guess i'll start with that um there is a band from pittsburgh that originally started out in philly called danvers um like carol danvers and they came out with a an album called like we knew what it meant and they are very um they, they're very late 90s aggressive emo but it's not like screamo and it's not like it's not fast enough to really be old saves the day but it kind of scratches the itch of old saves the day so it's really really great um great material and uh the reason i know about that band is because the lead singer slash main songwriter slash guitar player whatever um uh years and years ago probably like a decade ago put out a um a post on like the Cleveland Craigslist musicians section saying like looking for uh you know looking for a second guitar player and I was like I mean maybe I could do that go out to Pittsburgh every six weeks and prep up just do a little bit of fun pop punk um you know like not really pop punk but it kind of also fits into that never really even went out for uh, a uh an audition but um have followed them ever since and they've put out some great records uh, but this one is very very good and it sounds like it's from the late 90s it's really quite nice. quite interesting how they do that, that. yeah yeah please do and then the next one is um slightly more punk rock but also 
still has a lot of polish. It's called um, Doghouse Rose. The band is called Doghouse Rose, and the album is called Unlearn. And um, female-fronted, and she kind of has a bit of a bomb pops type oh, nice. approach. Um, but the reason why this record is one of my favorites, it'll, I mean, it'll be on my list at the end of the year, uh, but definitely the record that I've listened to the most this summer um, is because... They have this song called Jacob's Sweater. Now, the first song on the record is great. It's called Don't Be an Asshole. Um, and it's like, you can be an asshole if you want to, but why would you? And it's just, it's it's like very upbeat. It's super fun. But the song Jacob's Sweater is, it's kind of like this minor key driving kind of skate punk song. But it's about this guy that she sees at a show, her friend Jacob, who had gone thrifting that day and gets a new sweater and she loves the sweater and she wants to steal it from him. But then he gets fucking mustard on it. And the end of it is they do this this riff on Master of Puppets, but they say mustard, mustard. And it is <laughs> it is incredible. So. Those two are just real great. And then my guilty pleasure is this kind of power pop um, duo called Honey Revenge. And my God, when you listen to the song Airhead, it is the the first song on the album. It will get stuck in your head for days. It is such a well-produced album, but it's pop music. So, like, you know, I'm not saying that if you like punk rock that you will like it, but it definitely owes a lot to... um, Paramore, I suppose, but it's just kind of a different angle. Um, it's it's real fun though, and very 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 polished. So highly recommend everybody check out those three bands if you are into any of those subgenres of punk rock, pop punk, whatever you want to call it. Nice. And I just added them all to my to listen playlist. Thank all you, right. Scott. Mm-hmm. There we go. And next week, stay tuned for my uh, what did I watch? What did I read? Whatever this week because it might tie back to Scott's. Um, unintentionally <laughs> unintentionally uh, but you're going to have to wait next week for that so stay tuned for more Horror Movie Night What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 